Hello everybody, this is Nima with economicsjunkie.com and today we'll talk about the coronavirus fallout and the economic impacts and all that nonsense that we see going on right now. And I haven't done a cast in a while, mostly just because a lot of what we, Dylan and I talked about MMT, a lot of what we wanted to talk about, we had talked about, I guess, um, other things also got in the way, of course, I moved uh, across the country, etc. So let's just talk about this coronavirus thing right now. So what we have going on right now is a manufactured panic that is completely uh, fictitious from, from its very uh, core conception. Because the idea is that we now have this suddenly have this new virus spreading rapidly around the world at rates that we've just never seen i mean how does how how does like how do 40 people get it in wuhan china but suddenly somehow it's all over the world it's like in whatever namibia it's in every state in the us pretty much um that's of course because this virus as far as we know, there's been research done, according to Dr. Uh, Wolfgang Wodak, who uh, is a epidemiologist, lung doctor, internist, former member of the European Parliament, uh, public health uh, uh, administrator. There's been studies done in Glasgow from, I believe, 2003 through 2013 or something like that, where they looked at... because. Up until then, and I think still to this point, we don't really know what exactly causes the flu. I mean, uh, uh, what viruses exactly cause the flu. So they wanted to figure out what viruses cause this flu. And they tested a bunch of flu patients uh, for viruses. And in 5 to 15% of those patients, and I can show you the charts. You can look these studies up. Or, or at least he presents them in, in a video on a screen. I can I'll share the link to that. Five to fifteen percent of people always had this uh, the coronavirus in them, and um, now we're seeing that. So basically, from that, based on those numbers, we can conclude that in the U.S., given that the U.S. has up to fifty million f- flu cases every year, we can safely assume that probably about two and a half to seven and a half million people have the coronavirus in this country every year. So currently we are freaking out about, I don't know, something like 40 or 50,000 coronavirus cases in the U.S. And every hour of every day you have to watch out because breaking news, 10,000 new cases discovered in some nursing home in some damn (laughs) city in this country. And... And so we're at 40,000 right now. There's a total of, like I said, up to 7.5 million people probably have the coronavirus, always had the coronavirus in this country. Um, So, of course, the numbers are going to keep rising and rising. The more tests are being done. So what the media is really busy doing right now is highlighting every time a new case is discovered, you know. Like, imagine they did it with the flu. Imagine they said, "Oh, oh, my God. Um, one basketball f- player catches flu 
uh, NBA season canceled. You know, I mean, we, we don't do that. Uh, we realize that doing that would be a mentally deranged, yet if the TV tells us enough times, we'll still do it because we're just uh, very manipulative, very emotional, very reactive to this kind of scientific psychological warfare, which is just brilliant. I mean, what these people do is is highly sophisticated. You can tell how well-coordinated it all rolls up. Once the media and the globalist institutions like the WHO, once they've created the talking points and the fear, everything else just kind of falls in line. So anyway, we we should be having something like 7.5 million cases in this country. We're currently freaking out about 10,000 here, 10,000 there. Of course, the more we test, the more cases we'll find. On the flip side, what is happening right now, which seems to be very inconvenient for a lot of the doomsday uh, peddlers, is that uh, along with that, of course, the death rate is just is just plummeting disastrously, right? This is the doomsday sayers. Worst nightmares that the death rate is basically just like the flu. And that's what's been happening. And because there was just an article today in, on NBC where they were scratching their heads as to why is the death rate in Germany so low? And that is because, as we know from a Wall Street Journal article, that is because Germany has done a huge number of tests compared to... The U.S., I just heard uh, today, the vice president said that the U.S. has done 430,000 tests I, I mean germany has a smaller population so per capita i believe germany has done more i'd have to look that up right now but i don't really give two shits honestly so the number the death rate in germany is coming down drastically it's coming in the point you know some things and that is also where the flu death rate happens to be and then we have uh bloomberg uh, pointed out regarding the 99 uh, sorry regarding the the, the the huge disaster in Italy everyone's like oh my god this thing somehow uh, uh, exploded in Italy and it's spreading wildly over there people can't keep up with the beds blah de, blah de, blah um, we read on uh, Bloomberg more than 99% of Italy's coronavirus fatalities were people who suffered from previous medical conditions according to a study by the country's National Health Authority. After deaths from the virus reached more than 2,500, with 150% in the past week, health authorities have been combing through data to provide clues to help combat the spread of the disease. Prime Minister's government is evaluating whether to expand a na nationwide lockdown beyond the beginning of April. Uh, Italy has more than 31,500 confirmed cases. So here we have 25% um, <laughs> have one other illness. Another 25% have two other illnesses. And they're downplaying it here because these are fatal illnesses. 48% had three more illnesses in them. And only 0.8% had no other illness. So that is such a bombshell that of course it's we can see it right now blasted all over the media italian numbers are way inflated oh wait no we're not seeing that anywhere and the johns hopkins institute uh, uh map uh, uh, of coronavirus cases around the world of course has not corrected any of this right they still keep the death rate up because same thing there it would be a complete disaster for them if the death rate started plummeting so that's what we're 
dealing with basically we're dealing with um, a severe case of global media bullshit that is now uh, you know p people are pot committed now and it's uh, this is the virus right the uh, the panic is the virus and the virus has spread disastrously and people's brains are not uh, able to to cope are not able to protect uh, themselves for the most part yet yeah, because they don't have intellectual self defense which is what me and Dylan and all of us you know, were trying to encourage and try and uh, improve out there you know so that we don't have martial law and lockdowns because that's what I want to come to next so we have this virus bullshit going on all right so it's all contrived nothing is new all, all the uh, data uh, is now uh, converging towards the uh, direction that it's basically just like the flu there's nothing new that has happened this year oh oh one more or two more data pieces i wanted to quote because my my dad actually sent me these today. So one statistic. These are these are all in German. These are from Germany. But I will also link these somehow. But um, this is in Germany. Four to nine percent of the population gets the flu um, uh, per, per season. Some people even multiple times. Okay, so they show the uh, cases of flu, right? Because if the coronavirus is such a huge deal. Then the, inci the, the incidence of respiratory illnesses should just be skyrocketing, right? Because otherwise, it's just the same as every other year's coronavirus. And what we see, the flu season of 2019/20, so the December through January, February, is pretty much uh, exactly in, in line with, pre with 2018, 2019. And 2016, 2017, uh, all the previous ones uh, were basically, actually, even a little, I think it's even lower than the previous ones. But so that's one chart. So there's no uh, uh, spike in uh, respiratory illnesses in Germany. The next we have Italy. Uh, so the, the test does not measure cause of death. Uh, this is, this should be uh, interesting too, by the way. He <laughs> just mentioned this in a side note. But um, sorry, I forgot to give you the source for previous data. Uh, previous data source was grippeweb.rki.de. So it's an uh, official German source on flu, basically. Okay, now back to Italy. Uh, so even in the nursing home, the test does not measure source of death. The test only shows you that the patient had contact with one of the many SARS variants, one of the many SARS types. So in Italy, okay, so I guess they're repeating the same number here that I just read earlier. But uh, so again, 25%, 26%, 29%, 49% had three other illnesses, 26, two other, 25, one other. I mean, absolutely, 
absolute bombshell data that the corporate media and our dear health officials are, of course, eager to tell us about because they care so much about us, right? So this alternative data should just be huge. But, but no, of course, they're, they're not saying a word about any of this, right? They're only uh, uh, escalating the pants-shitter fear-mongering. That's, the, 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 the better the number is getting, the more they are panicking. So I just wanted to show here, for example, just today, the mayor of Los Angeles, uh, let me pull up the article here, the mayor Carcetti or whatever his name is, an Italian-sounding name, but I think he's, he's actually Jewish or something. Um, this is on Business Insider. So Los Angeles Mayor Eric Carcetti, who's, uh, of course, an MD. So, doc oh, no, wait, he's not, okay. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Carcetti warns of mass death, condemns false hope, and tells us his city will be on lockdown for another two months and to be prepared for longer, right? Over nothing. There's nothing new here. I just explained to you. There's absolutely nothing new going on this season. But the media is highlighting certain stories. Scientifically, there's absolutely nothing new going on, right? But the media is highlighting certain anecdotes and people who are emotionally volatile uh, react to that. And Mayor Carcetti, of course, I bet he's uh, probably, I don't know what he knows or what he doesn't know, whatever. He's just interested in... Um, keeping the city on lockdown for some reason. I mean, whatever that reason is. But there are globalist uh, councils of mayors around the country. The biggest liberal cities in the U.S. are certainly members there. So I don't know. By the way, the picture of Mayor Carcetti looks like he has smoked crack cocaine and popped speed and smoked weed and all kinds of drugs all at once because he is not... Looking too well on this picture, and it's all the close-up too, so it's extra awkward. Anyway, Los Angeles residents will be confined to their homes until at least May. Oh, but by, by, by the way, Amazon, you know, Amazon has stopped delivering to LA to some areas. At least friends of mine can't order household items on Amazon right now. That's what the mayor, what he, the mayor thinks that's that's cool over nothing, right? In an interview, Carcetti pushed back against premature optimism in the face of the COVID-19 pandemic. Right? He already knows that it's premature. Trump suggesting that maybe in April we can go back to work like we had already planned. These people already pretend to know that we cannot go back by then. And it's insane to even consider the possibility of going back to normal at that point. I mean, it can't be more obvious. You know that these people are working on an agenda. They're not working based off information. They have a job and they're doing their job. I think it's important to point out and understand. And his job is to bullshit the public, right? He says, Carcetti says he was worried about the irreplaceable loss of life that's predicted in this outbreak. What? Predicted by whom? Where? Predicted by 
some person in some opinion statement, not a peer-reviewed study, not any of the stats that we're seeing right now, certainly. The numbers are not going up exponentially. Anyway, predicted in this outbreak. See, like how this article presents that as if that was a fact, that it's predicted. And so, Anyway, this will not kill most of us, he said. It will kill a lot more people than we're used to dying around us. No, that's actually not the case. And, and you know this. And anyone listening right now, you know this because... Just look around you. There's nothing. Yeah, some people get sick with something here and there. Sure. But suddenly, it's the end of the world anytime someone does. You understand? It will be our friends. It will be our family. It will be people who we love dearly, he said. And everything I do is through that lens. So, just uh, Mayor Carcetti self-congratulating for freaking the F out over nothing. So let's get to the economic discussion because that's what we do here. I'm not really into this. I'm not a doctor, obviously. I'm just quoting doctors, okay? Just quoting what I heard doctors say and I'm just adding numbers together, right? Math is uh, is uh, helpful in, in these <laughs> times. Anyway, the economic impact is is a huge disaster no matter how you spin this, no matter how you look at it. Because uh, for, for economics, the, the reality behind this, uh, Africa do, doesn't really matter whether it's a real virus or uh, just a hyped one. What matters is that people believe it is and they act accordingly. And on top of that, right now, the government has shut down everything. So if the government shuts down business, and of course you're going to have less sales, you're going to have less business, you're going to have fewer profits in those businesses, and you're also going to have layoffs, like what unemployment claims tomorrow are expected to spike to something like 2.5 million. These are absolutely insane. These are numbers that if anyone sees them, and is in a position to do something about it and choose through nothing, they are deciding to murder people, essentially. And this is what this mayor and what these other people are essentially doing. But okay, we have, we see it uh, right before our eyes. The business has been shut down. But so then some restaurants are doing takeout. However, it doesn't matter. People go out, people like to be in restaurants. This is such a huge lifeblood of, of the economy. Just think about. How many people around you, uh, uh, you yourself, how often do you go out to a restaurant, to a bar? Maybe, maybe some people don't go this, that often, but some people go to the gym. Uh, some people go to parks. I mean, there's so many things that people do on a broad scale. And these are mo- run by small businesses. These business, a lot of them are probably going to uh, close down. Some of them will probably be snapped up. But a lot of them, like best case scenario, a lot of them are just not making any money right now, or not much. Uh, their income is collapsing. They're laying off people. Those people who are getting laid off are having to file for unemployment. They will restrict their consumption most likely. They will not consume like they did before. They, they may drastically change their consumption. So, but let's uh, separate the two effects. The one effect is they're getting laid off. The other effect is this 
panic that has been induced. And this is still unpredictable. We don't know where this is going. We, we don't know if this is go going to be a coming to Jesus moment for uh, responsible people in the media and in, in, in the uh, public health administration where they're going to say, okay, here's the final numbers. It, it was all um, over nothing and we were wrong. And um, then they'll probably make up excuses to it, but it's made us, so, made, made us so much smarter and vigilant and more aware and cleaner. And now we don't. We all stand six feet apart from each other. Bloody well. These are all. It's, it's it kind of. It seems all kind of contrived. It's, it's so convenient how all these things that the globalists want to create a techno-fascistic dictatorship with only five hundred thousand people in the world, or sorry, five hundred million people ultimately. Why are they just coincidentally recommending all those things right now, when they when they don't kill the virus? Or when it's not even necessary to... I'm sure these measures, and this is probably one of the things, these measures will probably make sure that the virus spreads less than it has before. So the numbers this year, this may be the silver lining, the numbers this year may actually turn out being better than ever before. But the problem is we've never really connected coronavirus to deaths on a large scale, etc., etc. So, I don't know. However, we have uh, the flu numbers, and we have the coronavirus in the flu. So maybe there, so maybe there's going to be some moment where they say, "Okay, it was all bullshit. There's no panic uh, unnecessary." Then uh, uh, people will uh, go back to work, but they'll be scared uh, that this could happen again, right? I mean, even if even if everyone admits, here's the thing. I think this is the clincher. Even if everyone gets that this was all over nothing, it was all bullshit, it still doesn't matter because what we've seen is that the World Health Organization, or broader speaking, the UN, together with the global corporate media, can whip up a panic that will temporarily shut down the country and confine us into our homes. Of course, next time it will be different. Next time they do something like this, if there is a next time, which I think they will, I think they will probably, <laughs> they probably not uh, go full uh, 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 tilt boogie on this one. But the next thing will once again be something completely different. They always catch you off guard if you haven't noticed. They always come with something new. 9-11. Wow, planes flying into, uh, into towers. Uh, never seen that before. Never happened before. It's a disaster. It's traumatizing. It's traumatizing imagery. So then now we're all on guard for some terrorist attack or whatever. Right? What will be their next big false flag? And what is it? It's a TV scare about a virus that has been around for decades. And purely by highlighting certain numbers. By the way, I don't know if I talked about this earlier, all the early testing that has been done so far, testing in China, or of course, most likely, I mean, what do we know about China? Testing in the US, all these num initial numbers were done in hospitals. So you ha have the worst possible sample if you understand what I'm saying. I mean, I don't know how much they rely on people's statistical incompetence. 
But if you test people in the hospital, you're of course going to have a higher death rate because people who are in hospital have a serious condition already. They have a reason to be in the hospital, you understand? They don't, they don't just have a case of the sniffles. They're just staying at home because they're cold, shivering a little bit here and there, drinking some tea, you know, binging on Netflix, done. But there's so many cases of those, you understand? <laughs> so, so far, they've tested only hospital numbers. And then worse yet, on top of that, those deaths, like I just said, a lot of them are not even from the coronavirus, but from two or three or more fatal diseases. Why did I start talking? Why did I lose my train? I was talking about the economy. Okay, so um, let's get back to the economy. <laughs> okay, so let's say people uh, now people now know that the economy can. Oh, I was talking about how they always catch you off guard, right? You have nine eleven. Before that, you had something else, and then you had a bullshit war in between, and then another one, and then the Arab Spring. The, people's uprising in the Middle East that was going to make everything better and now you have slave markets in Libya and then now they have a virus that doesn't exist or that, that, that doesn't that's not anything new or whatever uh, that's freaking everyone out so we know that uh, uh, this wild card is always out there so people's consumption behavior will adjust to that they will uh, buy a couple of essentials stock up but then they will probably also try to save up more money you know to have more liquidity and this is where liquidity preference comes in this is important to understand in economics uh, if liquidity preference changes on a large scale everything changes suddenly people consume less and keep more money in the bank just for the sake of keeping more money in the bank right the money sits there in their bank account in the form of a digital number or in the form of cash somewhere um, and is not used where it may have previously been used on spending or maybe on investment. And so companies have lower profits. This is why the stock market has crashed. I said er, a couple of weeks ago, I tweeted out, and previously the p past few crashes over the past few years, I've always said we're going to come back, this is not a big deal because there was no issue with profitability. Now, all of a sudden... And to me, this became clear when Miami canceled Ultra Music Festival. For me, this was... I actually think everyone probably had their little wake-up call. This was, for me, the wake-up call where I realized, okay, everything's fair game. now. Everything's going to be fair game from here on. They're going to shut down all small conventions. And that already is bad, right? The conventions are buyers from uh, other corporations. Other corp people are uh, suspending travel. Now, obviously, travel is down to like 10% of previous capacity so the airlines are not making much money i'm not i mean the stock market has come down from whatever 33 has come down by significantly maybe it has priced in the worst but at this point we are so uh shut down and i think the va the majority of people are not it's not yet really hit home what a financial disaster this is going to be for so many people in this country and the world. I think the, the rest of the world may be worse off, unfortunately, because they're, they're, they're more extreme or they have lower incomes to begin with, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder how India, honestly, can shut down the country for even a, a day and not have 
people dying all, all over the place. Um, so there is going to be a big impact on corporate profits. And I don't know if stocks have priced that quite in yet, uh, honestly. Uh, I think we might be a little optimistic. If you hear people like Carcetti, people in power who who could be responsible on this matter, saying, oh, LA is going to be shut down till May, maybe longer, bro. You know? I, I don't know if people have quite realized how devastating this is going to be to so many people. And those people will in turn not buy from other businesses. So business profits will come down more and businesses will invest less. And when they invest less, then investment projects are canceled. And investment companies, I mean, uh, uh, um, capital goods companies will suffer and so on and so forth, right? So um, this is why in this situation... When the liquidity preference goes up so much, right? The liquidity preference has to be has to come out of net private savings, as Dylan and I have discussed before. Net private savings uh, can only come from the budget deficit or export surpluses. So the U.S. has to start running huge deficits to prevent a huge collapse. Because I just described all, all the stuff that's going to happen. Okay, I know Austrians think that. Well, but it's the bad projects that the low interest rates have encouraged people to invest in the bad projects. And then the interest rates go up and then the, uh, the day of reckoning arrives, except the exact opposite is happening right now, right? The interest rates were higher before and now the interest rates are coming down. They have been coming down for a long time and now the crash is happening and the rates are coming down even more. So it doesn't seem to have to do anything with misallocation of projects and people realizing that, oh my God, I can't finish these projects, blah, blah, blah. It's more like um, uh, a collapse in consumption and with that also collapse investment, of course, course, because consumption goes down, businesses sell less, they sell less, then they have lower profits, they have lower profits, they'll invest less because they have a lower income stream to make, to to service um, financing for investments uh, and they will also keep more cash uh, on hand uh, as will everyone so there's going to be huge demand for net private savings more than before right the the, the parameters have changed the, there needs to be a huge uh, uh, injection of net private savings into the economy or else It'll be a spiral, basically. We like the Great Depression, basically, kind of thing. And the thing is, in the U.S. at this point, there's going to be automatic stabilizers. You know, there's unemployment insurance, uh, stuff like that. Um, Congress has also already started a two trillion package. Um, my guess is they'll probably have to end up doing more um, because. I just watched uh, a, a financial uh, um, news guy and podcaster or whatever, Mike Norman. He's very smart. He gets all of this stuff, economics. 
uh, he, he talked about some people are projecting a 50% drop in GDP and some are saying like maybe 20%. So we're talking in the teens or in the tens here, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% GDP contraction. I mean, that's the worst case. Okay, if, if GDP contract uh, contracts by 50%, then of course um, stocks would have to come down far more. Technically, I guess something like fifty percent, also at least, you know, total. I mean, fifteen hundred for the S and P five hundred. Um, we usually undershoot, we usually overshoot in any given direction. So, you know, fifteen hundred thousand. Who knows? Um. So, even if we turn everything back up now, like I said, uh, or let's say, I guess the best case scenario is really Easter. Because Trump floated the idea of going back business to Easter, back to business by Easter, and the corporate media is freaking out, and the mayor is coming out giving interviews, already decided that that is insane, that Trump's idea of going back to work April 14th. Okay, so we're going to be shut down at least for another two weeks, another three weeks. It's all this weeks and weeks and weeks of complete stance, not complete stance, but huge stance, so huge contraction, GDP that keeps going, incomes that have to make, uh, that, have to, that, that are used to service debt payments, mortgage payments, rent payments, buying from companies. All these companies will start losing out on profits, etc., etc., without... Uh, any help from Washington, right? So now with this, so so with this help coming in, a portion of that blow maybe um, soften it, softened, softened. <laughs> a portion of the blow may be softened, um, and but I I I, I, wor- I I worry that the numbers over the this quarter, next quarter, that will turn out so disastrous because of this whole chilling effect, the drop in spending, etc., the the uncertainty, and so on and so forth. So that's my personal view on stocks. I st- I'm still holding in my portfolio because I haven't had rebalancing bands. In fact, if stocks keep falling further, if gold keeps going up and bonds keep going up, I may be forced to buy some stocks. You know, So I might be buying some stocks cheap at some point. But right now I'm holding... Um, the hedges are doing their job. The uh, I, Dylan and I have talked about the permanent portfolio before. It's basically you, your core assets that you don't want to mess around with. You split them up four ways: twenty-five percent cash, twenty-five percent gold, twenty-five percent bonds, twenty-five percent stocks. So, just covered the stocks part. The bonds have been doing pretty good overall. I mean, they are up from. Uh, well, for, for as long as I know, actually, but especially most recently, they had huge swings. And at some point, they went up so much that they corrected back down. But uh, if I look at the uh, bond, the long-term treasury uh, ETF, it, it's really started... Most recently, it, it really started... Uh, Moving up, beginning of this year, I would say maybe January, February fifth was when it really started moving up, and then March 9th 
30-year treasuries went as low as 0.8%. So this thing went up something like... Something like 20%, I want to say 20, 25%, and maybe going up more. So bonds are doing a, a good job at being a hedge. Gold has come down, actually, interestingly, since the crash. Um, but it's now come back up. It's almost back up. So overall, actually, since February, we're also up on gold. Uh, a little bit at least so at least these assets have not come down obviously the cash is fine cash actually if you're in cash is usually in short-term treasury builds one-year treasury builds and some of those hit negative rates recently so some of those builds actually went up quite a bit so cash obviously has done okay and so that sort of with the permanent portfolio you're protected against uh a financial disaster basically in situations like these and also on the gold what's interesting is i've always said for your gold allocation and harry brown also the creator of the permanent portfolio has always said for your gold allocation buy physical gold only no certificates no gold stocks that if for your speculative portfolio you can worry about that but for the permanent portfolio you buy physical gold Maybe a little bit of silver, you know, maybe like 1% of it you put in silver just so you have some quote-unquote change. But generally, you should have almost all of it in gold because gold uh, uh, does better than silver in in the moments when you need it to, you know, when you, when you need it. Um, and right now we see it also. Silver is actually still down from that crash and gold is coming back up a little bit. But you should buy physical gold. And... Um, why is that? Because actually, I'm just going to go to AppMax right now. AppMax.com, the biggest coin deal is where I bought most of my coins. Let's just see if I can buy any gold coins on AppMax right now. I'm going, so you go to AppMax.com and I go to this American Eagle, the most classic uh, coin you can buy in this country. It's got uh, Lady Liberty on it and it's. Very, very patriotic, very popular coin in this country. Okay, so um, I'm, I'm one ounce American gold eagles here. I just clicked on that. Okay, yeah, there. There's one uh, at pre-sale, uh, and it's at eighteen hundred dollars. Jesus, so physical gold's already eighteen hundred, which is actually quite a big premium, I believe, because. Uh, the the spot price is sixteen twenty, so the premium isn't usually that high either. That's really quite interesting, and that's a very preferential. So the prices for physical gold, the spread from physical to spot price is huge. Uh, I just I mean noticed that, and even then, you can only get it on pre-sale. It says here available March twenty seventh. Okay, that's not so bad. So let's see what happens on March twenty seventh. I'm pretty sure they'll be out in no time at all. All the other ones. Their standard uh, coins are all have an alert me button underneath, and that's all. You can't order any of those. You can't order anything right now, right? You could be Elon Musk and go on the side. You couldn't buy a one-ounce gold coin right now. So this shows you how important it is to have physical gold because in the moments when you need it or when you might need it, you won't be able to get it unless you have physical gold. If you have a, 
gold ETF, then good luck uh, demanding delivery uh, or gold futures, any of that stuff. So, so gold uh, is starting to do very well. And um, I think gold miners are also looking kind of good right now. So that oil has come way down. So gold miners, their cost is uh, driven by oil and their revenue is driven by the gold price. So it seems to be kind of like ideal situation for gold miners right now. And yet they're actually at historically very low levels of stocks. You know, they were higher under, it seems to be much worse conditions, but we'll see. I think gold will continue to do well here. Whether the U.S. recovers quickly or not, uh, the rest of the world will struggle. Um, I'm more certain that the rest of the world will struggle badly. You have such high unemployment in Europe. Germany will probably be fine because Germany has always been, Germany is an export country. And as you can tell, they're not even... Well, like I said, nobody's really affected by this virus. Some areas may have, you know, unusually high uh, um, cases of this flu thing. Like you have every season of the flu. You always have certain areas where it's broken out more than others and stuff like that. So uh, Germany seems to... Well, Germany is, of course, also going to be hit by this and stuff. But overall, I think they might be fine. But uh, a lot of countries will, will struggle pretty badly because of the idiocy that is being committed right now. And I'm also telling everyone who uh, parrots these talking points and shames others and says, stay the F home, and uh, basically just repeats the talking points they hear on the entertainment media and celebrities tell them. I, I, you deserve everything that's coming, honestly. I don't, ha unfortunately, I can't have sympathy with these people anymore um, because you've been, you've been fooled so many times and you've been peddled infantile scare stories so many times every time you fell for it, every time it was bullshit and you keep at it. I'm sorry, there has to be some sort of sense of responsibility. There has to be some sort of tough love. You have to, uh, you, you have to feel the consequence of your decisions. On the other hand, on, <laughs> okay, that's just me personally. On the other hand, for the larger economy, I'm, I'm not against sending out all these checks broadly to people based on their incomes, etc. Um, and they will suffer anyway. I mean, these checks, what are they going to pay? They're going to pay like a, month half a month rent in uh, San Francisco in a studio <laughs> um, I don't know they're not going to do much right if this if this thing keeps going there has to be an ongoing technically for for the economy to stay afloat everyone has to be put back in the st financial state they would have been in if the government hadn't forced everyone to stay home and had hadn't panicked the hell out of everyone. That would be the best case scenario. So I think we're far from that. Also, if LA remains shut till May, I, I think LA will probably just see more, see riots. Honestly, we'll, we'll have the 2020 riots in LA, and they will probably put the uh, 90s riots to shame because. 
what this guy is saying is, is crazy. He says, we'll, we'll be shut down all of April, all of May. And you, you just have to get used to it. I mean, come on, guys. You just gotta live with it, man. Get used to it. It's like saving Private Ryan. I just heard this on Alan Watts' podcast the other day. <laughs> so bring it up. Saving Private Ryan. There's this scene where this German soldier is on top of an American soldier. I think it's that. Um, I think I'm describing it accurately. I might not. I might be butchering it, but the the main message remains the same. You have this guy on top of this American soldier. And they're both struggling for a knife, and the knife is pointed towards the American soldier's chest, and the German soldier keeps pushing it down slowly and slowly and just tells the guy, just let go, just let go, my friend. It'll be over quickly, don't worry. Don't, don't resist so much. What are, you, what are you mouthing off for here? What are you complaining about? You have to stay home, buddy. That's the, the kind of... Um, psychological mindfuck that the world elites are pulling on their population right now. And it's disgusting, and you should not stand for it. You should speak up against it if you can, you know, and you should obviously keep your hopes up. Uh, be prepared. Have your finances in order. Uh, permanent portfolio helps very much in that situation. And that's all I wanted to talk about. Uh, I'm sure I'll do a podcast pretty soon with Dylan again about a lot of this stuff and I'm sure he will bring up a bunch more interesting topics. Thank you very much for listening. This has been Nima Mature, economicsjunkie.com.